And uh, if you don't mind, just while you're standing, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this passage of Scripture from uh, the book of Luke. Um, I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to read our Scripture that we've been going over the last few weeks on Wednesday night. We took this Scripture from Micah 6 and uh, verse 8. It says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? And so uh, we looked at what, we broke it down to where we could see that God does require some things. There's a lot of people believe today that God does not require anything. You know, just he's just going to save you just because. He's just going to let you slip by just because he's God and he loves people and that's what he does. But there are some requirements, and that's good because requirements keep you focused, keep you on point. You know, if, if your boss didn't require, you know, a dress code at work, whoo, you'd have all kind of things showing up. You know, uh, it seems like there is no dress code in, like, town or in Walmart or anywhere like that. But, but on your job, there's a dress code, you know. It's a requirement. You, you know, you see the sign, shirt and shoes required. There's a requirement. They ask you to leave. So uh, God has some things in his word that he requires of us. But then he began to show us that we need to do justly and love mercy and then walk humbly with your God. So we broke it down with and studied each one, doing justly, how we treat others, to treat others as we would have them treat us. Uh, that's the way Jesus, he treats people, all people the same. He's not a respecter of person. Uh, to love mercy, and we talked about that last week, that when you love mercy, you don't just love receiving mercy, but you love to extend mercy. We want to be like him, uh, so we want to extend mercy to people and, and realize that, hey, we have all been in need of mercy, so we need to make sure we are extending mercy to others. That's how people will find out that there is a God when we extend mercy to people. And now tonight we're going to talk about uh, walking humbly with our God. And uh, so let's pray for the lesson, and I'll let you be seated. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction. We, we do want to do the things that you require. And so tonight, Lord, help us to learn, to understand, Lord, and be better, be more like you. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for his word tonight? Aren't you thankful for the word of God? I'm thankful for the word of God tonight. You can be seated, and thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. So um, to, to walk humbly with him. Now, when we look at uh, Micah 6 and 8, it says that we're going to do justly, you know, love mercy, love mercy. And that deals with how we interact with others. You know, it, it's, it deals with our relationships with other people, how we treat people. Both, both of those verses or parts of that scripture on how we treat others, our relationship with the world. It's very important because we are the light of the world. So we must know how to shine the right light. So we think, well, you can't help but shine the right light. Well, you you could shine the wrong light if you don't know what the Word of God says. Right. You, can, you can claim I'm a Christian all day long and never read his book and you don't know how to be a Christian. Right. Because if you don't read his words, you don't know about him. And if you don't know about him, how can you act like him? Right. How can you do the things that he wants you to do? So uh, when he says to walk humbly with our God, the focus uh, comes to us and our relationship with him. But the outcome is the same. Because our walk with him will affect how we treat people in this world. And so uh, I want to make sure that I am walking humbly with God. Now, uh, there is uh, a passage uh, of scripture. Uh, Jesus begins to teach uh, a parable. I'm going to read it's just a few verses. I want to read this and then we'll get into some other things. But uh, where he is taking notice of how people behave, which he often did, and then he would, he would give a parable. But in Luke 14 and 7, it says that he, the Lord was invited to a feast, and he came uh, there to sit, sit and eat, and 
The Pharisees and lawyers, of course, were watching him because there was a man who needed healing. He wanted to find out would he heal him on the Sabbath day and just see what he would do. But uh, all these people were coming into the feast, and it says in verse 7 that Jesus put forth a parable to those who were bidden to the feast when he marked or when he began to take notice of how they chose out the chief rooms. He saw people coming in, and they were... Uh, they were invited to the feast and they came in and began to choose where they would sit. And he said unto them, When you are bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come and say, He that bade thee and him come and say to thee, Give this man place. And thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. He said, when you come in, don't just go get the high seat unless they have to come ask you to step down. He said, this is what you do. When you are bidden, go and sit in the lowest room. So when he that bade you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So uh, there is, uh, I've always loved it. I was telling someone the other night, I said, I have taught on this subject and preached on it and just studied it. There is so much uh, to learn about humility and the blessings that it brings to the believer. Now, but to understand what Jesus is saying about humility, uh, and what he's teaching, you have to, you know, know what humility is not. Because there's a lot of people that uh, have an idea about humility, but it's, and they don't like humility because they think it makes them weak. Humility is not weakness. If anybody ever tells you, well, you're just weak, you're just a coward, you're just, you know, you don't have a backbone, you don't have a spine because you're being humble. I would remind them that I'm just being like Jesus. Matthew 11 and 29, Jesus said this, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Meek and lowly, both words uh, can translate to the word humble. So he's meek, he's humble in spirit. That usually would reside to spirit and then lowly in heart or humble in my heart. And he said, And you will find rest unto your souls. Then he said this, all in Matthew 28 and 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So if anybody ever tells you that being humble is weakness, they hadn't read the scripture. I'm just going to be like Jesus. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be meek. I'm going to be lowly. I'm going to be humble because he said to, because that's not weakness. He was meek and lowly of heart. He was Humble. He he was not uh, the kind of person uh, that uh, the Bible says he didn't make a reputation of himself. We'll read that in a moment. But uh, but he said even though he was meek and lowly, he was a lamb, a lamb of God. He said, "All power is given unto me." It doesn't mean you're weak just because you're humble, just because you're meek. It just means you're not trying to break your arm, always patting yourself on the back. Saying who I am, uh, you know, trying to make people see who you are. Jesus said for us, you know, many of us would say, man, I want to be great for God. I want to be great, you know, for the kingdom of God. I want to do great things for that. Well, Jesus said, if you're going to be your greatest for the kingdom of heaven, then you must humble yourself as a little child. They said, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He took a child and said it in the midst and said, If any man's going to be great in the kingdom of heaven, he must humble himself as this little child. Humility. Jesus said it in the scriptures we just read, that if we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. We must understand that it's not for us to go and and put ourselves in a place. Uh, We have to, uh, to be like him. Humility is part of it. See, a lot of people say, I want to be like Jesus. I want to tell devils to get out. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You know, I want to, I want to flip tables over. 
and 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 whoop people with a whip and chase them out. I, I want to, you know, that's things. They, that's what they start. I want to walk on water. You know, I want to turn water into wine. I want to. I want to do all the miracles. I want to. I want to be able to just say, be healed, and they be healed, and things like you know that that. But Jesus is more interested in how we treat others, and how we walk with God, and how we mirror Him than he is worried about how many people we raise from the dead or how many blinded eyes we open because uh, that doesn't automatically tell anybody anything about the gospel. That just brings a great miracle in their life. Hey, everybody that gets a miracle won't go to heaven. I know people today that God raised almost practically from the dead don't serve God a bit. Just think they were lucky. But I know it was the power of God. And so... I want to be like him. I want to be humble like he is. And if I'm going to be like that, if I'm going to be like him, uh, Paul wrote to the church in Philippians, gave us a great example, understanding of the Lord. Remember, he said, take my yoke and learn of me. So let's learn something about the Lord. In Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset. Think the same way. Your thought process should be as his. That's what he's saying. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, we know that we're not the son of God and we're not equal to God. But he was saying that in his position, where he was, And sometimes we have to remember that in our position where we are, born again, born of water, born of the Spirit, washed in His blood, the people of God, grafted in. But that grafting in, uh, we're just blessed by the mercy of God to be grafted in. And the Bible said, don't boast against. You know, if you're a wild branch and you're grafted into the vine, don't boast against the branches. We're talking about Israel. They said, don't boast against them. said, you stand by faith. And so our faith and our humility is tied together and our, our place in the kingdom uh, is with our humility because if we start boasting about it like we're, well, look at us. Well, we, he said, you can be broke off too. So verse 7 says that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So we see that he was humbling himself he did not try to say uh, he, he didn't announce his presence when he went places when he would uh, come to places where there were people that had spirits in them and they would begin to say I know who you are he would tell them to be silent and when sometimes he would do a miracle and heal somebody and said don't tell nobody uh, but they would go and tell it anyway and then he couldn't even walk in certain areas because other people lifted him up it was not him lifting up himself. He did not make himself a reputation. Do not get pulled into that trap because, well, I've been born again. I'm blood-bought, washed full of the Spirit, and bless God, I'm a, well, guess what? That's not the way God wants you to be. You, we've got to be humble. You know, some people that, they, hey, no, I'm not, if I'm not preaching, I'm not going to the conference. If I'm not singing, I'm not going to the conference. Hello. It happens. Yeah, well, if they're not going to use me, I'm not going. You know, or if, you know, I've seen, uh, I've seen preachers sit on their backside and not move a muscle while a man get up there and preach his lungs out. And then him get up there and go to preaching and nobody's moving. He's like, wants to chew everybody out for it. That ain't humility. You ought to be shouting just because it's me up here is what he's saying. No, that's not, uh, I don't shout for you. I shout for the word. Uh, Won't you hush, quit scolding people and just preach and we'll see what happens. That's what, you know, just quit trying to chew everybody out and just preach the word. We might have a move in here, but as long as you keep, ain't nothing going to happen. Because pride goeth before destruction. You can step into the pulpit full of pride and destroy a service. The choir could be singing, people swinging from the chandeliers, running, shouting, carrying on, ready for the word of God. 
You jump up there with all that pride and you just kill everything that happened. Oh, it happens. Humility is so powerful because the scripture uh, puts something with it. It says, when you humble yourself, exaltation is coming behind it. Listen to what he said. He said, he didn't make himself a reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. He exalted him after his humility. That's why Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 6, Humble ourselves under that hand of God, and in due season he will exalt you. That there would be an exalting coming once we realize that I must humble myself. So the Lord is saying, Take my yoke upon you, Matthew eleven twenty nine. going back to that, and learn of me. I want to learn some things about the Lord. I want to know the Bible says to grow in grace and knowledge of our, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to grow in grace and knowledge of him. So he said, take my yoke and learn of me. Why, Lord? For I am meek and lowly in heart. The Bible says, uh, out of the heart, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then out of our heart is where our life, our, our actions proceed from. If we can get humility in our heart, we'll be humble. Humility can't just be in here. It's got to be in the heart. It's got to be in that person. It's got to be after him. I'm supposed to love him with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. That so much. Yeah, sure, my thinking should follow that. But until the heart gets it, you know, the brain won't follow unless the heart's got it. And so when we get that humility in our heart, and he said, and you shall find rest unto your souls. You know, we think that, that sounds like, well, well, Lord, you want me to take a nap? No, he's like all these things that you can struggle with, you can, there'll be a peace. When you're at rest, you're at peace. And when you walk humbly with God, when you are walking humbly with your God, you are, are walking as Jesus walked. And then no matter what's going on in the world, you can lay down with peace. You'll have something on the inside that, uh, yeah, I know the world's full of trouble. Jesus was mocked. He was, you know, they didn't believe him. They treated him bad. But he just kept walking and kept doing because there was something inside of him that he knew gave him rest. And he said, if you'll learn of me and realize that I am meek and lowly, yeah, I've got all power in heaven and earth, but I know how to treat people. I know how to love people. I know how to, to go in and out among them and, and behave myself. And if you'll learn how to do that, you're going to have a peace and a rest for your soul. And uh, so that's something we... we if we're going to learn about him, we can't just say, well, I, I want to learn about his miracles. I want to learn about how he healed people. I want to learn, you know, that he said, everybody wants to serve me for the fish and the loaves. You know, but, but you know what it was that before the fish and loaves, it was him looking out and having compassion on people. And he said, that's the only, re- the only reason he did that miracle was because he had compassion on them because they've been following me three days. They're not eating and they're going to faint. I can't send them away fast and they'll faint in the way. So I've got to do something. And so, uh, yeah, I, I want to help people in the miraculous if I can, but what I want to do is just be like him. And when the situations present, I'll know how to handle it. See, when you'll be like Jesus, you don't have to be worried all the time what's coming my way because whatever comes your way, you'll know how to handle it because you're being like him. I want to be like Jesus. I want to have that peace or that rest in my soul that I, I realize, hey, uh, guess what? We have power. The Bible says, and you shall have power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We're just like that. That power from heaven has been given unto us, but we don't make ourselves of any reputation. We just humble ourselves as a little child, and we walk with him. We are learning of him. That was the, the thing that... Uh, we needed to do is that, uh, you know, John said this, I've got to decrease, he's got to increase. I've got to not make this about me. I've got to humble myself 
under the hand of God. Uh, I've got to decrease. He's got to increase. They've got to see more of him and less of me. It can't be about, hey, look what I can do. It's look what he can do. Even Paul, when he said, I can do, he said, but I can only do these things through Christ. He made sure that God got the glory uh, for what he could do. If I can do anything, it's only because of him. Jesus said we can do nothing without him. So we don't want to ever forget that, hey, you know, oh, man, God might use you. You'll preach a message that day. Ten or twelve people filled the Holy Ghost, healing, signs, wonders, miracles. But if you go home saying, man, when I preached, look what happened. You didn't do that. God did that. And so you, 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 you be quick to give God the glory for what happened in those services. And, and that's when you learn of Jesus. When you learn about him, you learn that even with the position he was in, he said I, he did not make himself of a reputation. Learn of him. And that's uh, Psalm 95 and 10. That was a complaint that God had. He said, you know, I was grieved 40 years long with Israel and there were people who did err in their heart they didn't get their heart like his he said and they have not known my ways and that's the thing that happens today is that uh, they saw the miracles they knew they knew that he could provide manna they knew he could open the Red Sea bring water out of a rock they knew that he was the God of the miraculous but they did not know how he treated people he did not know how he was uh, with, with others. And, and that's the thing is people, well, we know Jesus is the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the savior, all these things. But, but do you know how he treated other people? Do you realize that he was so humble? You know, even the scripture says that there was no uh, beauty in him that people would desire him. God didn't make him some kind of uh, just striking figure where he would stand out and he like he was taller than everybody and just you know, just big, tall, dark, and handsome, chiseled features or something like that. He, he said there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. There was nothing there to, to make him just stand out. He was just, uh, in the crowd, he was like everybody else. He looked like everybody else. He was Jewish. And so he looked like a, a Jewish person from Galilee. You know, he, he looked like a carpenter's son. He, he, he wasn't like, uh, oh, look how beautiful he is now we know he's beautiful to us because of what he's done but but God didn't set him up with things to make him fall and things that uh, he could take pride in and, and get himself a reputation for he just follow me learn of me do what I and so he became humble and he became obedient and it says wherefore for these reasons God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name so I, I want to make sure that I am uh, walking humbly with God. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach to these people that were coming to these feasts. They came in, they were invited, but they came in going to the highest seat, picking out where they would go. Uh, you know, and some people were probably well-known, well-known around town, rich. They, the Pharisees and lawyers, they were inviting people that would make them look good. So they invited all these notable people. But there were some that was probably just, you know, your average Joe might come in. And, and he's like, well, I'm going to go up here and sit in this room. I want, I'd like to see somebody. And they had to come up and tell him, say, hey, hey, bud, give that seat up. <laughs> and then you got to, oh, you coming back already? Come on down here and sit with the scrubs. You know, you don't want that to happen to you. He, and he's trying to tell him. he said, listen, when you are bidden, this is what you do. He said, go to the lowest room first because you should not think more of yourself than you ought to. Yes. But they were in there trying to self-promote themselves. Let me tell you, uh, being humble, like I say, is a lot of it's misunderstood. Uh, one thing about uh, people that are, are humble is they don't go around self-promoting all the time, patting themselves on the back. The scripture says your gift will make room for you. So just let it make room for you. Don't, uh, don't, don't uh, put your walking billboard on and say, here I come, the greatest of all time. I'm, you know, I'm the greatest preacher of all time. I'm the greatest singer of all time. I'm the greatest teacher of all time. Well, man, let me tell you, pride goeth before destruction. You ever heard anybody say, well, God knows how to humble you. And uh, I, I'd rather be humbled than have to be humbled. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a big lesson. I would rather just be humble than have to be humbled because uh, that's generally not a fun experience. Uh, when you know, I can remember even before I got in church, I can remember uh, one instance. I know I've told this before, but um, I, played, uh, I played softball seven days a week. My mom will testify. She'll say amen. I mean, if I wasn't playing, I was at the field watching. I mean, we were either playing or practicing three different teams, tournaments, softball, World Series, playing all the time. You know, we had the uniforms, the jackets, the bat bags. We were, you know, sponsored by corporations and things like that. We were just, you know, we thought we was big time. And to keep in practice, we played in the local league there in our hometown. And one night, uh, here we come walking onto the field. We're all uniformed up and a little team across the way in their dugout with their tennis shoes and blue jeans and and we all laughing about it because we're like we fixed to make short work of this ball game right here but long story short we lost we couldn't hit a beach ball with a tennis racket that night I mean it was bad and we had to just hurry on off that field and get onto our cars and leave because we I know people saw us laughing at them I know they were like oh here comes a bunch of Portadale people you know from and we was making fun of them and they whooped us that night. They, you know, they was hitting the balls. It was hitting the gaps. They was making the runs. We couldn't do nothing right, like we'd never played ball in our life. And I said, I thought then, I said, whoo, <laughs> that was humiliating. Well, what I meant, should say it was humbling to realize that just because they was wearing jeans and, and T-shirts, I mean, they can't hit a ball. Right. You know, uh, so I realized that we, we ought not think more of ourselves than we ought to. Uh, when Jesus is teaching this, he says, so you go to the lowest room, and then if that guy that invited you, he could come to you and say, hey, friend, come up higher. Because when you humble yourself, you're on the way up. Jesus said, for whosoever exalts himself shall be abased. He that humbles himself shall be exalted. I don't want to be in competition now, I am a competitive person when I play sports. I don't play sports anymore. I'm past that. I'm, I think I'm too old for that now. Uh, at least my body says I am. But when I did, I, well, no, I, I, I'm winning. I'm not losing. I'm winning. Second place is the first loser. I don't believe in how, how, all how you played the game. If I didn't win, you know, just throw your glove and be upset. And, you know, just well, I couldn't take it. Man. I hated it. Hated to lose. And that's just the way I was. It wasn't like that. I was very competitive. But in this work with God, it's not about being competitive. It's not about who is better than somebody else. We are all one body. And we are all many members, yes, but we are one body by one spirit. And if we are by one spirit, then we should all have the same humble attitude. When uh, we get uh, prideful, when we get competitive, it's like the body has got a boil on it, and it needs to be lanced and cut off or something. It needs to, something needs to happen. It, it needs to be done away with because it's only going to hurt the body. It's not a competition uh, in the kingdom of God. It's not about how many more people can I seat than somebody else or, or can I baptize more people this week than somebody else or, or can I preach more conferences than somebody else. Or, you know, it's, it's not like that. If God called you to a place to where you're preaching to five people every week, then preach to those five people and realize and accept that God chose me to watch over these five. If God sends, hey, sister, I tell you, you might go to a country where one or two people show up for service. Okay, that's fine. If one or two people showed up, God chose me to preach and pray with this one or two people that showed up and those one or two people need the kingdom of God. Like Somebody's got to reach those two or those five and maybe those five don't want to go to a church with 3,000 in it. Maybe they don't want to go to church. With, they want to go to a church with five. Okay? Somebody's got to reach five. So you, 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 know, you, you humble yourself in the fact that God thought enough to ask you to do it. That's humbling. Uh, we were talking about this the other night, this call to ministry, how humbling it is because when you remember who you were 
and you think that God would think enough of me or, or even think about me that he would ask me to preach his word. He didn't call me because I was a preacher. I was far from a preacher, but he knew what I would do in this situation. And so I realized that, uh, you know, it's very humbling to be called into the ministry, to be called into the kingdom. It's very humbling that God would give his life for us, shed his blood for us, fill us with his spirit. So I want to be humble, but I don't want to misunderstand what humility is. And say this, humility is not when you minimize your ability. You, you know, you, you, you don't, uh, humility is not presenting yourself as inadequate. Right. Oh, I can't do nothing. That's not humble. That's uh, actually kind of a slap in the face to the Lord calling you. Right. I wouldn't have called you if you couldn't do nothing. You know, it's, hum, humility is not when you go, just poor little old me. I can't do nothing. I'm so humble. No, you're not. You're a whiner. You're not humble. You're a whiner. I heard somebody say Jesus can turn water into wine, but he can't do nothing with your whining. So let me tell you, you don't be a whiner. You know, but don't be on the other end of that spectrum because proud people think they can do anything. And guess what? They can't. They just think they can. But they'll never admit it. And so... Uh, neither approach is right. You don't belittle yourself and you don't lift yourself up to above somewhere that you're not supposed to be. When you are humble, that does not mean that you are unable to accept a compliment. If somebody says, good job, you can say thank you. You can't go, oh, you're just saying that. Well, yeah, I am just saying it, but I'm in it. <laughs> so, good job. How about just saying thanks? You know, Oh, you look nice today. I'm so ugly. What? Husbands, come on, somebody. Come on, husbands. Yeah, yeah. How many times you told you, darling, you look beautiful today. I'm a troll. I should be living under a bridge. I don't look like I did 15 years ago. Neither do I. Yo, hey. Just accept the compliment. That's not being, well, I was just being humble. No, you're not. You're degrading yourself and being ugly to yourself. I wouldn't tell you you're beautiful if you're not beautiful. I can't lie. You are beautiful. I know my wife's watching. You are beautiful. Listen, there are things, you know, when people do that, that's, that's what they call false modesty. And false modesty is, Proudly showing how humble we are. <laughs> Isn't it? Some people won't just tell you how humble they are. That's not the way we're supposed to be. Listen, humility is not about having low self-esteem. We're not supposed we can feel good about who we are in Jesus. Right. Yes, you can. You can feel good about being the Bible says, one place the writer said, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. I, can, I am very thankful for what God has done in my life. But I say this all the time. You've heard me say this. We may have something that someone doesn't have, but we don't have anything that they can't have. So don't act like we've got the market on this and that we've cornered this. Uh, we may have something they don't have, but it's not anything they can't have because God gives it to all. Whosoever will, let them come. We should be humble. When we are, you know, some people think that uh, to be humble, we just got to be poor. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be homely. Homely and humble ain't the same thing. You know, some people think, well, I just got to wear a, a flower sack and walk around and don't wash my hair and be ugly to be humble. I think that we should be as nice looking as we can be yeah. without trying to go overboard. I think that, uh, you know, that it's okay. Christian living does not require us to be in poverty in our mind, spirit, or body. Yeah. We can, uh, you know, we can feel good about ourselves in the Lord. And we can look nice for the Lord. It's, you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm not 
on the wrong side of what I think humble means. I want to be humble, not, you know, uh, not false modest. I don't want those things. I want to be truly humble in his sight because uh, I do want to sit in heavenly places. That's an exalting, but that's going to come through humility. I want to be like him. Uh, hum- to be humble, there's a Rick Warren, if you've ever read any of his books, The, the Purpose Driven Life, he said, True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. It ain't got to always be about you. It's about him. We sing those songs. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made it. It's all about you. It's not about me. You know. And so pride and self-interest and self-promotion causes us to want attention. Let's draw attention to ourselves. That's a, that's a danger of social media sometimes, that we're... we're are we glorifying God or promoting what we did? And that's why, you know, I, I, I remember it. I, and I have done uh, a pullback on some things because, you know, I saw some people post about it. And I said, you know, that's true. Uh, when you're going downtown and you're praying for people that are homeless, they probably don't want their picture on Facebook. But we've done that. God help us. You know, and not really trying to say, oh, look what we did. But we did say, look what we did. And so maybe it wasn't in the spirit of pridefulness, but it was still the act of it. And I realized that, you know, maybe these people that are down on their luck don't want a thousand people seeing them down on their luck. And why why do we have to let anybody know? Just do it. Just go and pray for them, give them something, and love them. And why you got to post a picture of it? So I, you know, I, I really I saw somebody post about that, and boy, it hit me. I said, "Yep." I said, "That's the last time that I, I share a picture of us praying for somebody downtown or doing that." You know, you know, we announced it to our church. Hey, we're going to do outreach. That's enough. That's enough, because we're not advertising, trying to say, "Hey, look what we're doing." Because you know what that does? It makes other people think, i got to keep up with them. And it's not about trying to keep up with somebody. It's just, let's just all do what we do. And so I, want, I don't want to act like we're doing something, oh, look what we're doing. Well, are we doing it for us to pr- promote us? Or are we doing it because the Lord said, be kind to people, be generous to people, be loving to people, help people, love your neighbor. Is that the reason I'm doing it, or am I doing it so we can get more likes for our church page? I need to think about what we're doing, and so I, I see those things. So now I want to make sure that uh, I'm not I'm following the instruction of the Lord. I'm not going to try to go to the highest seat. I'm just going to go in low, and I'll let him move me up because it'll be at his time, his pace, and it'll always work out better. Because, listen, when you, you're proud, you bruise easy. <laughs> Proud people, uh, uh, they they don't want nothing ever. They don't want any, they don't want to ever suffer any kind of humiliation, and they surely don't want anybody to know anything that has happened in their life that was wrong. They will not tell a story where they were the the you know the butt end of a joke. Mm-mm. Oh no, they won't. They're not going to talk about them tripping and falling down the stairs. Or anything. They want nobody to know that they have ever made a mistake, or that they had a car wreck. Some people are so proud that they won't. They don't tell, and people say, "Well, maybe they're just private." And yeah, sometimes I think that's it. But, but you know, sometimes they don't want anybody to know they've ever been sick. Because if I'm sick, I'm weak, and I don't want people thinking I'm weak. That's the way some people think. Some, now, some people are just private. They say, "Hey, you don't have to know my business." But some. It's about, I don't want anybody thinking I have any kind of flaw. If they find out I'm sick, they may think I'm getting old. And if they think I'm getting old, they think I'm getting weak and useless. And and it just goes down the line, and and it's all pride, 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 pride. Listen, we got to grow old humbly. Guess what? You'll learn. I can't do everything I used to do, and that's all right. I will never bungee jump again. That's all right. This man, if I, a rubber band wished to snatch me now, I think my skin would just it'd be nothing but a skeleton left hanging on it. Uh-uh. 
what happened to him? He was too old. He shouldn't have done that. You know, realize, okay, I'm fine with that. I've, I've done it. I experienced it. I'll never forget it. Don't have to do it again. Just realize that, hey, ease into this life with humility. Don't get prideful because it's going to lead to destruction. But when you let, uh, you know, when you go in low, somebody comes up and, hey, why don't you come and move you up the ladder? And you're like, wow, I never thought that was possible. Well, we did notice. Guess what? People do notice. Uh, and the Lord notices when we're humble like that. And so we need to remember that our gift will make room for us. God gave us something, and he gave us all a gift to be used in some place. And that's an exalt. You know, that's him exalting us. It's not men exalting us. Men don't call you to preach. Men don't call you into a, a you know to teach or to be a pastor. It can't be a man calling you into that. It it won't work. If a man thinks, "Wow, that's a you know okay, yeah, I'll do that," but you've never even felt like you wanted the pastor. Yeah, but they said they want me to come do it. So, man, why not? I tell you, why not? Because you're going to kill people. <laughs> That's why not. Because God didn't call you and God didn't equip you for it. You're answering the call of man. Well, I can do it as good as anybody else. Pride. It's not about doing it as good as anybody else. It's doing what God wants you to be able to do. I don't want to uh, think more of myself than I should. Romans 12 and 3. I think I might have given you that. The scripture says, Paul said, For I say to every man that is among you through the grace given unto me, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. One place it says, If a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he's deceiving himself. And so uh, think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man, every man the measure of faith. Oh, I got a different Holy Ghost. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I got that fiery Holy Ghost. All of it comes with fire. Holy Ghost and fire. There ain't no different levels of Holy Ghost, man. Come on. He gave every man that met every man. He gave that, that guy that has no education. He gave him that same measure of faith as he gave the Ph.D. guy. He gave the, uh, the guy that went to eight different Bible colleges. He gave him that measure of faith, but he also gave it to a guy who never, ever read the Bible all the way through yet. He's just on his way. But he gave them both the same measure of faith. And guess what? The guy who's just now getting through the New Testament could stand up and preach a word that God gave him that would change lives forever. Because God gave it to him. And he's humble about it. He knows he, where he hasn't been. He just knows that God's got his hand on him. And so I don't want to think more of myself or more highly of myself than I should. I just want to have that same mind of Christ. I want to learn of him. I want to be meek in spirit. I want to be lowly in heart. I want to be humble because I want him to lift me up. Promotion does not come from us if we if it comes through manipulation or our education or ingenuity or aggressiveness for personal gain that's not god god promotes psalm 75 6 and 7 says for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south but god is the judge he putteth down one and he setteth up another god does it james 4 and 1 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So we don't need to, you know, there's many things in life we're always trying to climb the ladder. But in this, we need to wait for the invitation. We don't need to just step in, walk in, think. You know, I've had people over the years, had a guy one time come in to our church, and after service he walked up and he said, I just want you to know I fit all the qualifications of of a deacon, and, and so I'm ready to be, you know, just tell me all, man, I don't even know you. <laughs> I'm not fixed to turn this nothing over to you, fella. I don't know who you are. The Bible says know them that labor among you. I don't know who you are. You don't think you're fixing to, uh, I'm ready to preach whenever you want me to. Well, it might be a while because I don't know you. 
And I don't just let folks jump up behind this pulpit and, and slaughter sheep. It don't happen. No, sir, it don't happen. I'm going to know those that labor among us. I'm going to know about them before they just step in and say, give me the mic. Don't be like that. Don't show up like that. Be humble about what you're doing. God will lift you up. God will exalt you. Now, to be humble in this day, that's, that's counterculture. Everybody wants what they want. Everybody wants their opinion heard, their voice heard. They, they've got the right. Oh, my goodness, i tell you what. If, if there's one thing that this virus has proved, that a lot of people's humility level is low because everybody's an expert. They're an expert on the virus. They're an expert on the mask. They're an expert on on uh, race relations. They're an expert on politics. And, and their opinion is absolutely right. Where's the humility? Can't, they can't even fathom it that they would be wrong. And they're just so sure that everybody else is, you know, Wrong and not them. Nope. Everybody else. I don't care what news agency said it. I don't care what doctor said it. I know this is right. Wow. That's staggering that you have not had one single day of medical training yet. You could save the world. Staggering. It just causes more people to lose out. I don't want to be like that. That's why I don't, I don't talk about nothing like that. Hey, I ain't a doctor. If I tell you anything about a mask, it's solely my opinion. I'm not an expert. Hey, I've read for it. I've read against it. Which one of them's right? I don't know. Because I didn't write either one of the articles I read. And I'm not going to spend about 16 weeks researching it. I don't care. I'm just going to live. My goodness. But I sure ain't going to act like I got the answers. You know what? I'll tell you what I do know. I know that the Lord called me to preach, and I'm just going to preach. He called me to preach the gospel. I'm not going to preach about politics or the mask or the virus. I'm just going to preach about the Lord. Well, that's just burying your head in the sand. Well, I guess Paul had his head buried in the sand too. Because if you don't think political issues were going on in his day, they were. But he said, I am determined to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Uh, yeah. If everybody would believe the gospel and accept the gospel, a lot of things would be better. Well, I don't know how I got to there. But just humility. Because... Guess what? When you get the Holy Ghost, you don't automatically get humble. It's an intentional way of living. You have to choose not to respond to things in a prideful manner. You have to choose not to exalt yourself. It, the Holy Ghost will give you that little nudge, say, ah, but you got to listen to it. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead, lead us into truth. Well, the truth is we're supposed to walk humbly. Not, well, I've been born again, and, and if, so the Holy Ghost is telling me, the Holy Ghost ain't telling you nothing about no medical procedure. The Holy Ghost will tell you how to get people to heaven, tell you how to live right. And so walk humbly. Do justly. Love mercy. There was a lot of that going around. People said, man, do justly. Treat people right. Love mercy. What about walk humbly with your God? That part of it. I'm getting close to, to winding up. After Jesus has told these people about how to respond to an invitation to make sure they humble themselves so they don't get shamed and asked to move down. They could just go in low. They'll finish high. He begins to tell. Because in that day when they would hold a feast like that, they invited all these prominent people because they wanted a return invitation. They wanted to come to the next party at the other guy's house. So it was always about invite the people that can bless you back. But the Lord said, don't do that. He said, if you really want to be blessed and do what's right and be like me and be humble, then call the poor, 
and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Call the people, uh, you know, these people would never be invited to one of those feasts to be asked to sit up in the upper seats. They would, they would just be glad if anybody thought about them at all. But they could not, they did not have the ability or the money or anything like that to hold a feast where they could return the favor. He said, invite somebody that can't give it back to you. Invite somebody that it would bless that you know that they will never, ever get an invitation like this. So do that. Get the blind, the poor, the maimed. Get those that that can't do anything for themselves. Invite them. And then, he said, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have an eternal uh, blessing coming. You're going to have a favor of the Lord. And and so, uh, but that that went against the, the theme of that day. Oh, no, no. We're supposed to invite all the big wigs. So they'll invite us. Next time, I'll invite you to my conference so you can invite me to yours. I'll ask you to preach so then you'll ask me to preach. I won't be like that. You know, he said, get those that can't give back. Give those that will never, uh, ever have a chance at this again. Do something that will be humble. And see, it's easier if we see ourselves in that light. If we realize we weren't worthy to be invited. You know, they, they didn't think the poor and the blind, lame, they, they were worthy of being invited to these feasts. Well, who, we weren't worthy. We were worthless and, man, we were sinners and we were in the gutter and we were doing all kinds of things that were contrary to God. And yet, he still said, whosoever will, let him come. And so when we see ourselves in that light, when we, you know, you ever heard of somebody say, don't forget where you come from? That's, that's what you need to remember sometimes. I'm not talking about living in your past, but don't ever forget where you came from. And don't ever, you know, if you're ever standing in the house of God, you see somebody and they walk in, and you think, well, they look just like I did when I walked in. They ain't nothing but garbage. Have you forgot where you come from? Have you forgot where God brought you from? Oh, let me tell you, a lot of us uh, could say, my goodness, it, it was real dark. He said he called me out of darkness. It was real dark where I was at. And, uh, so let me tell you something. When I see them come in, and, yeah, they don't look like uh, they're right. They don't act like they're right. They, you can tell that something's going on, something's wrong in their life. That's fine. But do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Reach out to them, love them, let them know that God loves them. Let them feel the love of God through everything you do and say. Don't, they should never feel like, in that, that word where Jesus said invite the poor, you know what it means? It means cringing beggar. It's like a, 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 an old stray dog is... You know, it knows it needs something, but it comes up to you just because it's either waiting to get kicked or punched or slapped away. It wants something, but it's sure it's going to come with some kind of abuse. And that's what Jesus said. These people, they were like, they were cringing beggars. They, they just knew that people were going to say, get out of here. But they really needed something. You know, and... And that's why I think it's so wonderful when that guy looked up at Peter and John, said he looked up, he was a beggar, he was poor, he's looking up, but he's expecting to receive something. And he said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have. And so, you know, we've got something to give people. And we need to remember that where where people are, where they're coming from, because that's where we came from. People that were maimed were people that had been, you know, when you're maimed, you've been hurt, something's happened, you've been injured and your body is damaged now because of your, your, your hand or something doesn't work, your leg doesn't work, you've been maimed. And that's what Jesus said. Get the people that are broken and bring them in here. Remember, that's who we were. And then the, the, the lame person uh, you know, was someone who may, might, could move, but he moved very slowly. He was lame. He had to have some mode of transport, somebody to carry him or walk on crutches or something like that. And then the blind people, People always taking advantage of them, stealing from them because they couldn't see. They would come up like they were going to give them alms, reach in and take their money. 
Always take the people that have been taken advantage of. That was us. Don't forget where we came from. And so Jesus was teaching the lesson that instead of trying to impress those that are driven by their own self-interest and self-promotion, he said, invite people who have been humiliated in this life. Because those kind of people are just glad for anybody to take interest in them. Hey, we've got some people that now that have been in our church for years now that did not have a single friend when they came here and were so shocked that people would even include them, invite them to go eat, and then and now they're just one of our there's one young man, I won't name him, I don't want to embarrass him, but he He'll tell you if you ever hear his testimony that he didn't have those kind of friends. He was an angry young man, a lot of things going on in his life, and he couldn't believe that people actually spoke to him. It was, hey, come go with us, be a part of this, and do this and stuff. And now he's one of the most faithful people we have here. He was so glad that somebody showed an interest, and it wasn't because we pitied him, it was because we loved him like Jesus loved him and realized that, hey, God. When, once God gets him on the potter's wheel, who knows what's going to come out? Man, just let God get him on the on the wheel. And so, I know it's getting coming on. I don't see. I keep looking for my wife. She's not here. But it's uh, let's stand together. I'll get ready to end with this. So remembering now our scripture, Micah six and eight. Remember when you read this that it's more than just well, it's part of the Old Testament and just breeze through it. But, but these are things that God requires. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That's a good scripture to read every day. How should I act today, Lord? Justly, merciful, and humbly. Remember that, man, it, it, our life's a vapor. Appears a little while and then vanishes away. It's, that's everybody. No, nobody's got... It, that, that event comes to all of us. Just... A little bit of life, and then it's over. And so in this life, let's, let's do justly. Let's love mercy. Let's walk humbly. Let's, let's love one another and be, be there for one another. And uh, You can't walk humbly with God and then walk proudly among others. You, you can't do that. And, and you, can't, uh, uh, you, know, you can't walk proudly among your peers and then... Uh, say I'm going to just sit humbly with God you, you don't work like that you've got to be humble You know, we talk about it you can't just be humble in here you've got to be humble out there humble with the Lord I'll end with this one 1 Peter 5 and 5 he said this he said likewise you younger submit yourselves unto the elder and then he said yea all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and he giveth grace to the humble. What does God require of us? To walk humbly with him. I don't want God to resist me. I don't want him to resist my prayers. I don't want him to resist my desires. I don't want him to, you know, the Bible says he give us the desires of our heart. We all have desires. We have prayers we're praying. But I don't want God to resist me because I can't be humble. Because I think that he owes me this prayer. He owes me this desire. He don't owe you nothing. He don't owe you nothing. So he, re- he resisted the proud, but he gives grace. The Bible says, by grace through faith are we saved. Let me tell you, it ain't going to be the proud and the prideful saved. It's going to be the humble people that are saved. I, I want to be humble. How about you? Praise God. Well, we're finished with this, this, this set of lessons, and I hope it helped you understand maybe some things. I've never just taught like this on that scripture, but uh, I enjoyed breaking it down because I want to live like the Lord wants me to live. I want to do what he wants me to do. How can I help anybody if I'm not like him? And how can I be like him if I don't know what his word says about him? You know, it's, it's almost like those people that said they know, they know all this medical stuff. It's people like that that never read their Bible, never pray, never go to church, but are so sure they know exactly what God requires. Couldn't quote one scripture to you probably, maybe John 3.16.
That's it. Don't know anything else about, you know, never, never do nothing spiritual at all, but will tell you all the facts about the Spirit. How? How do you do that? Well, I just know God wouldn't do that. You do. Wow. Well, the Bible says his ways are higher than mine. I want to make sure that I'm getting everything I can out of his book, out of that conversation with him, out of that time with him, so that I can be more like him. Amen? Let's lift our hands tonight, and let's just pray and ask God to help us. Now with Micah 6 and 8. Lord, help us to do justly. If you want to come find a place tonight and pray for a few moments, you can. But let's, let's just ask God to help us tonight. Lord, I want to do the things you require. I want to do justly. I want to love mercy, and I want to walk humbly with you, God. I want to be what you want me to be tonight. Praise God. Oh, God's good to us. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, let us be more like you. Lord, let us do the things that are pleasing in your sight. Lord, let us love people the way you love people, God. Lord, let us reach for souls the way you did. Oh, God, help us tonight to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I tell you, if you want to be more like him, that's the way to do it. Because that's the way he is. He's a just God. He's a merciful God. And he's so humble. Oh, I'm thankful for where he's brought me from and what he's done in my life. But, oh, I know it's for anybody. The Lord can touch you right here in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You might feel unworthy, but the Lord loves you tonight. God's got something great for you in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands one more time and just pray and worship for a moment. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. How he saved me. Yes, How he raised me. How he filled me with the Holy Ghost. How he
your hands to him tonight. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus has done in your life? I'm glad that he picked us up and turned us around. Got us on the right path. Amen. Let me tell you, there ain't no life ever been such a wreck that Jesus couldn't straighten it out. There ain't nothing. Hey, it could be just completely burned away. I think about the scripture that says, by the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. So I I picture it like this, that when something is consumed, it's gone. But he said, because of his mercies, we're never completely gone. We might get down to a point where it's just like nothing but the ashes left. But the Lord said, I build the waste places. And so we may feel like, that's it, it's all over. No, there's something there. You ever seen uh, uh, where a forest fire would go through a place and everything's just burnt and black and gone? There's carcasses of animals laying around. It's like there ain't nothing but death here. But up under that ground, there's seeds that have fallen out of those trees and things. And just a couple of weeks, a little rain come by. You'll see a little green popping up here and there, and you realize it's coming back. Oh, it's by the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. We might be down to just a, I mean, just you can't see how, how is anything left, and here comes Jesus. <laughs> Bringing it back to life, building it back up. Before you know it, the Lord said, I'll do such a work that people will say, that's just like the Garden of Eden. Wow. I don't know what all was going on in that garden, but when you read about it in in Genesis, that's a pretty neat place. And he said, I'll turn something that's complete opposite of Eden and do such a work on it that people will say, wow, that's just like the Lord's garden. That's just like the Garden of Eden. When God gets done with you, hey, don't doubt nothing that he can do. He can do it. Praise God. Give him one more hand clap and a shout tonight. What a great God. What a great God. It ain't never over with Jesus. Jesus has always got the last move. Let him have it. Praise God. Thank you for being here tonight. Sunday, 11 o'clock, Sunday school, just like old times. 12 o'clock, regular service, looking for a great time of the Lord. Going to baptize some people in Jesus' name, just speaking it in faith. Going to baptize them. People are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a great time. All right? God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.